I Suck at Dating with Dean Ungler, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hello, I'm Dean Unglert. Thank you for tuning in to Help I Suck at Dating. This week's episode is going to be a little bit different. I have Mark and Easton in the studio. We are going to be taking phone calls, reading emails, and just kind of having an open conversation about being sucky at dating. So, Mark, you want to say hi? Hi, everybody. <laughs> I, I don't know what I could weigh in on that, but I'll do what I can. Well, let's just, you know, get the get the the conversation rolling a little bit. We have Easton over here as well. I don't know if he's all set up over there, but... This is the sound of my voice. Yes, I love it. Okay, great. So uh, we have an article here that we wanted to get your thoughts on. Okay. It's called, When a Guy Doesn't Text Back, The Real Reason It Drives Women Crazy. Okay. Because women, we've talked about this. Number one, they don't understand it. For example, they measure other people against a yardstick determined by their own personal codes of conduct, meaning I would send it right back to him. Why isn't he sending it right back to me? Does that make sense to you? Yes. Okay. Number two, they think it means he doesn't care. They might get upset. They think I got to banter back and forth, and suddenly he goes away. Well, why? What happened? Well, they don't understand. Who knows what happened? But it doesn't necessarily mean he doesn't care. Agreed? Mm. Or does it mean he doesn't care? It doesn't mean he doesn't care. I disagree with that. Okay. How many, how many bullet points are we going for here? This is the third and okay. final bullet Just point. wanted to prepare. Fear. Fear that he's not interested. Fear that he's leading you on. Fear that he's using you for something else. I just think that people sometimes suck at texting. And I don't know if that necessarily means that you suck at dating, too. I mean, I... And I guess it really depends on the conversation, too. Like, if you're having a, a long-winded conversation with someone that you're dating, per se, and you take a long time to text back, um, I've gotten in trouble for this before because I don't want to kind of half-ass an, a, a response or an answer, right? So I want to be able to, like, sit down, kind of internalize it, and then... Uh, touch on every topic that we're talking about instead of just kind of brushing it over and um, being a little bit more brief than, than I should be. And that's gotten me in trouble before because it'll take me, you know, maybe I don't have the time then. I think we actually even talked about this in one of the earlier episodes too, but that doesn't necessarily mean that uh, I'm ignoring or don't care or anything like that. It's just a matter of I need to sit, like hunker down and really think about what I need to say in this one, you know? That's interesting. I think most people, especially your age and especially guys, aren't putting that level of effort into texting. Well, I don't want to say that I'm putting any more effort in than anyone else. At the end of the day, I just, I think that especially there are certain types of people um, of both sexes that require, you know, much more explanation of, of things, especially like via text, right? So you're arguing with someone and you have friends that you can just give like five word responses to, but there are certain types of people that you need to be sure that you're touching on every point that they're, you know, asking about or talking about. Um, and so for those people, I definitely make sure to do my best and make sure that their needs are being fulfilled through my texting. But at the same time, I, I will constantly get like, you know, two texts in a row and then I don't respond for two hours. And then I, like I'll, I'll get a follow up text saying, OK, never mind. Or like some sort of like <laughs> passive aggressive text that's that's totally meant to like make me to light the fire under my butt to get me to text back faster. Um and I don't, I don't really like that very much. Understood. But what was your reason for delaying? You were just thinking about what they had said? You're just pondering it for hours at a time? Yeah. Well, and sometimes, too, it's like, okay, I don't really want to be talking about this right now, so I'm going to, like, shelf it for later and come back to it at a later moment, I guess. So there are, there are obviously multiple reasons, but I think, like, what were the three points that were made? Fear? Fear was one. Uh, you think it means he doesn't care. Doesn't care. And you just don't get it because you would never behave that way. Right. So it's kind of like a hypocritical stance, I guess, because you text back faster. So you don't want the person that you're texting to not text you back so quickly. Um, I don't think any of those really apply to every situation. I don't know. What do you guys think? <laughs> I'm just curious about the time you're putting into thinking about these. And I, I, you respect them and you want to give them a good response. Yeah. What if you did something like, I got to think about that for a second, and then you can come back to it when you want to. Because they're waiting for those three dots. Yeah. They're staring at it. No, and I think, too, if you were to just outwardly say, hey, give me some time to think about this and get back to you, I think that that would be okay. Um, I'm a big fan of doing that. I've said that a bunch. Yeah. Like, hang on. I need a beat on this. Or uh, uh, I'll just say stand by. Okay, so so we have Tanya in studio with us now, and she was audibly sighing during that conversation. From a girl's perspective, what do you think of all that? Um, I'm not a big fan of when guys make me wait um, okay. for a text message because I feel like 90% of the time you have your phone in your hand right, or on your body. So a quick response, not even, I don't need it immediately within five minutes, but like within the hour I think is very appropriate. So if you're making me wait over an hour, it would really irk me. 
But unless you are uninterested, which is what I think is the B category. I think if you're not responding and you're taking over however many hours, you're not interested because I have done that with a guy that I'm trying to wean off. (laughs) Okay, that's good. Okay, so to your point, though, most people do always have their phones in their hand, right? I'm one of those people. I basically am always on my phone. But whether it's friends, whether it's people I'm dating, whoever it is, I constantly hear that I'm horrible at texting back. So if a girl you were interested in texted you right now, even during this podcast, you would respond right away. No, I put my phone on do not disturb when I come into the studio. Really? Yes. This takes priority over everything while I'm in here. Well, that's very nice of you. (laughs) We appreciate that personally. (laughs) But isn't there something to that? Your interest level in the person is related to how quickly you would respond. So you're saying that. If you are really interested in someone, you should drop everything at any given moment to respond quickly enough to make sure that they feel comfortable with the with the, it's the situation. It's not about them. It's, it's about, about how you, you feel. Mm-hmm. I had a woman tell me once, I was visiting my parents an hour away from where she lived. We had plans on a Sunday night, and I decided to stay with my parents an extra day. And I called her, and I said, I'm so sorry. I'm going to stay here for another day so we, I can't go out tomorrow night. And she goes, you know, if you wanted to be here with me, you would be. Yeah. And she was 100% right. Yeah. Yep. And... If I was really interested, I'd have been running yep. those 60 miles. And if you're really interested, you would immediately respond to that text, don't you think? Yeah. Yes. See? See? <laughs> I guess. No, it's so true. I think it's so black and white. I do. I don't think there's any of this like weird. I think if you're really interested in somebody and they text you, you're going to respond. But can't. Maybe not within five minutes, but you will respond very quickly. Don't you think that like interest levels can kind of be up and down? There's kind of like an ebb and flow to it, right? Where. Um, there are obviously certain times of the day where you have to give your utmost attention to the person that you're talking to, but then there are also like lulls where, um, okay, you're both doing your own thing. You, right. I, I don't know, you're out doing work or she's out doing whatever it is. So there are certainly times where you're not necessarily responsible for responding that quickly and you're allowed to, I don't want to say be less interested, but you're allowed to, I guess, have more of a buffer zone in terms of responding. Yes, I do agree. There are times of the day, but I think that... I still I stand by this. If so, if you are interested in somebody, you are going to make it a priority to respond to that. Text. So you're saying if you're with the guys, you're at a movie, you're you're busy, you're going to get back to them when you get back to them. But what if don't you ever get a text from a girl and you get that little tickle in your stomach? <laughs> like, "Oh my gosh, it's her." Yeah. Uh <laughs> You've never had that. I'm sure I've had it. I I'm sure I still have it. I sure I'm probably just scared to admit that I get it. I don't know. Um yeah, okay, so when you do get that little tickle, then you want to make sure that you respond fully and appropriately, and you make sure that you are answering what they need to, to have okay. answered. Do you ever consult your guy friends about what to say in return? Um, Not often. I would say maybe 1% of the time. You never like, like, oh, I need to be really funny here. Let me like go to my really well, funny I'm the, friend. I'm yeah. the funniest one of all my <laughs> okay. friends. Oh. Okay, that's good. That's good. Did they go to you for texting advice? No, definitely okay. not. <laughs> I'm definitely not that funny. But... um. No, I think that, yeah, I think my friends and I confide in each other a lot, especially with relationships. I don't know if it's for the better or for the worst. I noticed that a lot of the friends that I have, as much as I love them, they're just as bad, if not worse, at dating than I am. Oh. So it's it's hard to confide in someone who you kind of, I don't know, see a lot of flaws within in, in terms of like the dating sphere. Right. But we do our best to help each other, I guess, for the for the most part. See, with guys, it's different than with girls. I know, because so for girls, we will like screenshot and be like, what do I say? Send it to our friend and say, help me. What do I send back to this? But if guys go to their friends and say, hey, uh, what do I say back to this? It's not so she'll like me. It's so I can close the deal. (laughs) But what if the deal's already closed? Oh. Then I think you're probably taking your time getting back to her. (laughs) Is that what it is? Look, I'm married, so I don't know, but that's kind of my feeling. No, I think, I mean, especially in today's day and age, it kind of makes sense. Um, that has to do with interest level. Yeah, if a, if a girl sleeps with you too soon, do you lose interest? Honestly. Yeah. 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 I think so. I agree with that. It's funny, what, though, because guys always are interested in that, but then once it happens, that they lose interest. What about on the flip side of that? If a guy sleeps with a girl too soon, does the girl lose interest? Does that ever happen? No, I don't think so. Only if it's botched somehow right yeah unless it's bad yeah yeah wait and what do you mean like if unless the sex is bad oh all right this podcast is going straight to r real (laughs) fast (laughs) (laughs) why don't we take a call yeah let's take a call all right how about we talk to megan she is in simi valley california hey megan this is dean and you're on help i suck at dating how are you 
Good. How are you? I'm good. So what's your question? Um, my question is, I guess, um, I don't, I don't even know. I don't really have a question. It's more like, I mean, I guess it could be like how to find a mature person. How to find? <laughs> I live, I live like kind of near LA, but I've tried talking to people around my age, older than me, um, even younger than me, just absolutely, like everyone is so immature. <laughs> so how do you find a mature person to date? I think that I think in the past I've said find someone older, but I think that at the end of the day, it really is a case-by-case basis, right? I'm 26. I act like I'm 16. I think you could find a 20-year-old that acts like he's 34. It really just depends on the type of person that you're meeting. Yeah. So where do you, where do you meet most of these people? Um, I don't – I mean, the last person I talked to, I downloaded – you know that app, Bumble? Oh, we know Bumble very well over here. I downloaded it for one day. And then met this guy, and he is in his last year of med school. So I was like, that's pretty nice. Yeah. Um, but then we were Skyping, and he, he just, like, made the most immature comments. And I was just like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and it just did not work. So I deleted the app just because it's not really my thing. Um, Wait, Megan, you're 20 years old, you said? Yes. So what, what type of immature comments were, was he making? Or like, what would you be looking <laughs> for in terms of, like, maturity? Um... I guess just someone going somewhere in life um, just has a lot of respect. Um, so they were like I like mean, childish I, remarks? like. Yeah, like I'm the least judgmental person, and he randomly tells me, he's like, oh, I hate fat people. Like, Ooh. okay, like what am I supposed to do with that information? Yeah, that's... Um, and I first told him because <laughs> we met on that dating app, and I've never done a dating app before, so I told him I'm not the kind of girl to just like hook up with someone that's not me. And then, like, a week later, he randomly tells me he has a high libido. And I'm like, what do you want yeah. me to do with that? <laughs> I think that you can't let this one guy kind of make the rule for for dating apps for you. I yeah. think that there are definitely success stories coming out of dating apps. And I'm not, mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I think that one out of every, you know, five or so guys is going to be super immature like that. And that's, that's I agree. I mm -hmm. think that if you meet someone and you're uncomfortable with, with the things that they're saying, I think that you should definitely stay away. Yeah. You know, guys are immature. It's about finding a guy who can kind of cover up the immaturity, that knows enough not to say <laughs> something like that on a dating app. Really, we're all, yeah. I'm 46. I love playing video games. Like, I, I'm very <laughs> immature. But you figure yeah. out how to hide the really kind of dorky, ugly parts of yourselves. I think everybody does that. Mm -hmm. I think there's a difference, too, between yeah. being immature and just kind of being um, mean, I guess is the yeah. word. Is that the yeah. word? Insensitive. No, insensitive. insensitive is yeah. the word I was looking for. So yeah, I don't know, it's, Megan. I say I say keep. Yeah. I, I think that you can't really place an age on it. Of course, I think as you skew, skew older, you'll generally see more mature guys. But I don't think you should mm -hmm. discount younger guys just because of their age. They can certainly be more mature yeah. than that twenty-eight-year-old was. What do you do, mm -hmm. Megan? What do I do? Mm -hmm. Oh, um, I'm a junior in college right now. And um, none of the guys school. at what college? Uh, Cal State Channel Islands. And nobody there is interesting. <laughs> No, this is the guy to girl ratio is one, or there's 20 girls to every one guy. Oh, wow. wow. I should have gotten there. Yeah, I'm, I'm literally there. 35 girls. I mean, I will say that so. when, when I was a junior in college, I was incredibly immature, but I was a little bit more, I, want, I would say that I was a little bit more self-aware than this 28-year-old guy that you were talking to. Um, mm -hmm. I, I would just say, like, you're you're at an age right now where you're supposed to be you know, kind of like enjoying yourself. Obviously, you're a junior in college. You should be having fun. Um, yeah. Everyone, I mean, I don't want to say like jump into a relationship or anything like that, but, um, you know, you're 20 years old. You're about to be 21. I'm sure you should be having fun and not, maybe not necessarily mm -hmm. trying to get into a relationship with an incredibly mature guy. Of course, I don't know you. Um, and I, I think that you should take that with a grain of salt, but it's, yeah. it's, it's a fun time in your life and I think you should be enjoying it. Well, thank you. Yeah, and I think when I turn 21, that'll expand a lot because then I can go to a lot more places and meet more people. Megan, you have so. so much time ahead of you. I don't think you need to rush anything. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for calling in. All right. It was nice talking to you. Bye. Let's go to Allie in Wisconsin, which is my home state. Oh. Hello, Allie from Wisconsin. This is Dean. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. So you're on with me, Mark, Easton, and Tanya, even though Tanya can't hear you. But how, what's your question for us? Um. Okay. So. I've never had a boyfriend. Okay. I like a guy, but 
he has a girlfriend. Okay. And I don't want to be like rude and like talk to him, but Allie, I don't how, know what to do. How old are you? I am nineteen. You're nineteen. Okay, so how old is he and his girlfriend? Um, he just turned twenty one and I think his girlfriend is the same age. And how long have they been dating for? Um at least a couple months. What do you like about this guy, Allie? Um, well, we were, like, put together, because I'm in college, and we were, like, put together to work on a group project. Uh-huh. And, like, he, like, every day he was, like, he always asked me how I was, and I don't know, he was just a really nice guy. Sounds like a nice guy. Okay. I will say that, so my, I have a similar experience with this. When I was in college, there was this girl that I really, really liked. We were both in business school together. We both... Um, you know, had a lot of the same classes. Every once in a while, we were paired up to work on a group project together. She had a boyfriend, and they had been dating, I think, since their freshman year, all the way up through senior year, so quite a long time. Um, and I think the best thing that you can do is just be respectful of their relationship and obviously not try to, like, pressure anything, but maintain, like, a solid friendship with this guy because what I did was maintain a strong friendship with her as well, um, you know, always be sure to, to support her and even, you know, their relationship in every way possible. And then... Uh, if it's meant to be, in this case, they they broke up after graduation, and her and I were able to start dating after the fact. Um, but I think like once you're able to like uh, build a friendship and allow you know kind of you to get to understand him better, him to understand you better, and you to be able to continuously supporting him, that kind of shows a good side of you. And um, I think that's probably the best advice that I could give you. Be the guy, be the person that's there for him when he needs somebody. Right. I like that. Where do you live in Wisconsin, Allie? Um, Oh, Claire. Oh, Claire. Home of the Blue Golds. Um, Here's my thought on this. And I I feel like, and I I don't want to offend you in any way, and I think I was in this position. I really do. I remember when I was in high school, and I had never had a girlfriend before, and an upperclassman girl smiled at me one day. And I'm sure she thought nothing of it. And I was in love with her for four years after that. He was really nice to you. And I think you might be have inflated feelings for him because of the kindness that he showed you. Uh, so I don't know if he's the guy for you necessarily, but you'll find out. If you take Dean's advice and get to know him and be his friend, you'll kind of find out if he's the guy for you and know the real thing. Because I think he might be inflated a little bit in your mind right now. Which is also another reason why you, you should realize it's not going to happen overnight. It's 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 throughout a long enough time, it may be that, that inflation of romanticism will either fade or continue to grow. It'll give you a better chance to kind of assess it that way and, and understand him as a person. And it is a little bit more challenging because I guess you said you've never had a boyfriend, right? And I guess I had had a couple girlfriends up to that point, so maybe I was a little bit more familiar with it. But um, right. I think that, yeah, I think that as long as you're kind of there and, and you, I, I just don't think that you should move too quickly with it. You should kind of let it play out and see yeah, what and happens. You don't want to get on her radar as somebody who's trying to take him away. Right. Uh, that's a good point. I see. All right. I have one last question. All right. Lay it on us, Allie. Okay, so I was, I didn't watch your season of The Bachelor, but I watched The Bachelor in Paradise, and I really want to know, is there any chance that you and Christina would ever happen again? <laughs> um, I mean, at, at the end of the day, I think anything is possible. Um, what? <laughs> um, I don't know. I think that there are... There's a lot of things working against us, but there's also a lot of things working for us. Um, but it's it's really hard to say. It's obviously not entirely up to me. And right. I don't know. I think it's similar to what you have going on. It's just a matter of uh, letting time unfold and, and really see what happens. But If she were inter- into it, would you be interested? I think that there's so many external factors that you have to account oh, for. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. If... If everything, I don't know. I don't <laughs> I feel like America wants it. Well, that's not reason enough for me. Probably not. <laughs> I mean, America can want whatever they want. Um, no, I mean Christine and I, like, like we still, we still talk. We still have conversations. Um, I think to the to the advice that I gave you, what her and I are currently doing is working on, you know, having open line of communication, uh, kind of building a friendship, and then seeing what could blossom from that. And I think that's important in any relationship. I think that if you're able to to be friends with someone and then move into a romantic situation with them, then that's all the better because I think then you're more you know more about who they are and you know kind of what you're getting yourself into. So um, the the difficult thing with the whole bachelor nation is everything is kind of on an expedited timeline, and so you're expected to move very very quickly over the, the a small amount of time. Um, 
but you, you said you're 19. I mean, you have so much time. Um, we're both 26, so you know we have a little bit less time than you. But um, I just think that it's it's unfair to to yourself to put an unnecessary timeline on it. Right. So that's that's well, my that's my long-winded answer. <laughs> all right. Well, I I really hope things work out. Well, Allie, thank you for calling in. I hope things work out with you and this mystery man that you have group projects with. But um, thank you for calling in. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. I have an email about that mentions Christina, and I think this would be a good time to to mention it. Okay, I think you'll like it. You, you're, I can tell by the look on your eyes. You're like, oh boy. I just don't like the Christina questions. It's not a question. It's a comment that I think you'll agree with. Okay. This is Tally. She says, "I don't feel that you led Christina on to the point of her getting as much attention as she did from it." Her point being, it's overblown. She doesn't think you were as bad a guy to Christina as you're being made out to be. Um. Well, I fully agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> See, I told you you'd like it. I think I'm not, I'm not, by no means am I innocent. I've definitely made mistakes with that relationship, with other relationships. Um, but I do think that it was uh, magnified and, and amplified a little bit more than what it really was in reality. Um, but again, that's not my place to decide. You know, everyone kind of has their own way of reacting to everything, right? Um, so it's, it's really hard for me to say that people blew it out of proportion because that's just the way that they had well you know what they it. say when life gives you lemons do a podcast about it hey. and here we are <laughs> in episode eight she also says tally my ex and i have been on and off for four years and now we're just talking again seeing each other basically what one would call dating but he won't commit and i don't want to bring it up since everything has been really nice and it's the best it's ever been what is the one piece that keeps a guy from committing fully to a girl especially one that he has commit to before could it always just be because there's potential for another girl something better? This is what we refer to as the bigger, better syndrome. Uh-oh. Where guys won't commit because they think there's always something better out there. Okay. It's like when guys are watching TV. They're flipping through the channels to see what flip, else might flip, be on. flip, flip, flip. They'll never sit and watch anything. Sometimes they'll even minimize what they're watching and keep looking, looking, looking because there's always a better show out there. And this is kind of how guys are wired. So let's get back to her first question. The one thing that keeps guys from committing fully, Dean. The one thing that keeps guys from committing fully. Well, so it sounds like she had a long uh, a relationship with this guy. They mm -hmm. broke up and now they're just dating casually. Mm -hmm. I wonder if that means when she says he's not committing that he's having he, he's pursuing an open relationship with her. Because I feel like that's never any fun for anyone. No, but you're right. Sometimes you go back to an ex for that purpose. Sure, but if you're dating someone, you could still be in a monogamous, monogamous non-committed relationship, I guess, if that makes sense. I feel like if things are good, if she's happy, but she is saying that he needs to commit to her, what, what does that mean? Like, he needs to be her boyfriend? Yeah, she wants that conversation to happen, and she wants to be boyfriend and girlfriend like they used to be. He's hesitant. I think it's got to be one of two reasons. One is that he just... He's in that bigger, better syndrome moment where he thinks there might be something better out there. Or number two... Maybe he got hurt the first time real bad, and he's worried about getting hurt again. Yeah, that's maybe giving him too much credit, but that's a possibility. So, to that, I don't, I don't know. Maybe this is a little bit off topic, but for me, I personally require like a label to be put on the relationship. Like, I want to be someone's boyfriend. I don't want to be dating them. You know, I'd rather be able to say, "This is my girlfriend, not this is the girl that I'm mm -hmm. dating." Mm -hmm. um, of course, it has to be the right person and the right girl. And I guess obviously we don't fully understand the situation quite as well, but. Um, someone, something that can stop him from committing. I mean, I think like you said, it's the bigger, better syndrome, right there. He, maybe he's looking for someone else or at the end of the day, like, I think that if she's happy and if he's treating her well, and if the relationship seems to be progressing, then I think when you kind of put the unnecessary, uh, expectation of a relationship, like, Hey, you need to make your mind up now about what we're going to be in our relationship. I think that's kind of putting a lot of pressure on it and a lot of strain on the relationship, which could sometimes be negative. That scares a guy for sure. And also I think one thing guys do think, and I've been here before, it's not quite bigger, better, but you feel like if I'm, yeah, it is bigger, better, I guess. Cause you're thinking if I'm fully her boyfriend, well, gosh, there's this girl that I see at Starbucks or oh, gosh, this girl at work. That's kind of seems like she's interested. He's just keeping his options open, which is not great for Tally. No. So maybe if she can't handle that, it might be time to move on because you don't want to give him an ultimatum, but no. I think you maybe just say to him, look, it's clearly that you're not into this and that's cool, but I'm going to go. So I've been given the ultimatum before. I've, I've been given the ultimatum of, hey, you either be my boyfriend or we don't talk anymore. And I chose the boyfriend route. This is uh, my ex, ex, ex girlfriend, whatever it is. Have we spoken to her on this show? We have not spoken okay. to her on this show. We're next, next week. <laughs> <laughs> we're friends. I mean, like she's, she's a great, a great girl, all that kind of stuff, but um, I think that every 
I think an ultimatum is never a good thing in a relationship. I think that if you if you make the person have to have that make that choice, it should be kind of more of like a collective amicable decision, I think. But you chose boyfriend, how long did that last? Uh right around a year. Okay. I like to come to the defense of the ultimatum. Oh, thank you, Ethan. Because the woman who's now my wife, we've known each other for a very long time. Very long time. And uh, things got to a point in our friendship where they started to become a little romantic. But the E-man would not fully the commit E-man. to her. <laughs> uh, not because I was thinking there was anything bigger or better. I just, um, I was afraid. I valued our friendship quite a bit. I was afraid of losing, of you know, because, I mean, your boyfriend, things ending badly. You were just you know, friends. Be- you were not intimate. You, weren't, yeah. you didn't kiss anything. Exactly. We were very close friends, but we didn't. And then when things started becoming physical and such, uh, that went on for a few months longer than it should have. And then she said, Hey, you know that I can't do this anymore. Either we, we just, we can't do this anymore or, uh, or you are my boyfriend now. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, and as soon as she said that, I'm like, I'm your boyfriend. And it really like got me to man up, you know, and like really go like, okay, you know, this is like, and really evaluate this, the relationship and the situation. And, uh, and now I'm married to her and I'm the happiest <laughs> I've ever been. <laughs> And I really think that if she hadn't, that story, oh, love it. Oh, thank you. Uh, I really think if she hadn't done it, I probably would have been in that world for you know in perpetuity. Well, that's interesting too, because guys are scared yeah. to jump sometimes, and maybe they need to push sometimes. Yeah. Could you argue that a marriage proposal is basically giving the person an ultimatum? You either marry me <laughs> yeah. or you don't. That's true. You're How often do they say no, now. and that go, and then they just can move back to normal? You know, that's true. <laughs> just go back to dating. Never. That's true. <laughs> Let's talk to Charlene in Detroit, where it's very chilly right now. Hey, Charlene, this is Dean. Thank you for calling in. How are you? Hi, Dean. I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. What question? So I have Mark Easton and Tanya in studio. You're talking to all of us. What's the question for us? Okay. Well, I guess I'm not great because I really suck at dating. So um, the reason I called is I tend to always date the exact same type of person, somebody who is at like some sort of stop in their career or some sort of leg and needs like emotional support, like somebody to be their rock. And then what always happens is I'm always that person because I'm too empathetic and too nice. And then when they're back on the up and up, they ditch me every time. Okay. Sorry, I was taking an Instagram story and I totally spaced out a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Charlene, give me me a summarize. So poor Charlene doesn't have to give you the whole thing again. Guys come to her that are having a hard time in life. They need help, and she helps them through it. She's their rock for them. Okay. And then she gets them back on their feet and ready to date, and they don't. And they move on from her. And she's like, hey, I'm right here. I would be perfect for you. Is that kind of yeah. accurate? Yeah. Perfect. I'm like, I got you here. What is this? So you are you helping these people because you have like a, you, you have like a crush on them, pretty much? Yeah. Yeah, also because I have, like, a great job, and I have a lot of ways that I can help people, so okay. I always get too empathetic, and I lift people up, and then, like I said, they get on the up and up, and then they get cocky and they leave. What's wrong with them to begin with? Are they going through a breakup? Um, sometimes it's people's careers. Oh. Like, um, I tend to date always, like, athletes that mm. are on a low in their career, um, and they need, like, emotional support. And then they go score the winning touchdown, and then it's bye-bye, Charlene. <laughs> yeah, they're gone. It's terrible. I think Tanya has uh, to chime in on this one. I, 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 I have been you many times, mm-hmm. so I can really relate to this. And I think that the, the best advice that I can give you is you can't invest so much in these relationships because I think I am the same exact way. I'm a cancer, so I give so much to yes. my – Are you a cancer too? Yes. Oh. This makes perfect sense because we give so much. So we invest so much into these relationships with the, with the expectation that it's going to turn into something different. You cannot have that expectation in any relationship. You have to only give to people that are giving to you as well. So I think like the best advice is to not, I know it sounds so bad because it's your natural instinct to be this way, but you can't, you can't invest so much in these guys until they start investing in you. Mm. That's what I had to do. And it's, Helped. I mean, I'm still single, but it's helped not let me get let down so much. How how did you stop, though? Like, you can't just stop caring about something. You have to really, really try hard. And it goes against everything in your body. Like, I, I know I can relate to you so much because it's it's just 
your natural instinct to be that way. So I have to really try to reel it in. And you just have you just have to make an effort. Because if you don't, if you don't change anything, it's just going to continue to hurt you. And you're going to start seeing a pattern where you start getting into relationships with guys who are super needy. And yep. they kind of mm. treat you as their mommy. And the next thing you know, you're not going to be happy with that either. It's a perpetual pattern of pain, as I like to call it. Ooh, the three piece. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so well, you have to be very mindful. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, you just described that perfectly. So thank you. You're welcome. Good luck, Charlene. I'm sorry that uh, I couldn't be more help, but it sounds like Tanya kind of nailed it on the head. <laughs> yeah, I get you. I got you, girl. Yeah, you're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to the next caller. <laughs> Bye, Charlene. Thank you. Bye. Oh, she's gone. Okay, oh. you're the worst. What up, that she hangs what up punk? The phone. <laughs> uh, Melissa in New York. Go ahead. Hey, Melissa, thank you for calling. This is Dean. What's your question? Hey, Dean. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. What question do you have for us? We have uh, It's me, Mark, Easton, and Tanya in studio right now. So you have a panel of four experts. Oh, awesome. Tanya, love you so much on Ryan's show. Oh. Love you. Thank you for listening. <laughs> yeah. Um, you all are amazing, too. Um, but my question was like, I'm super shy and I like hate going up to people like randomly, like when I'm out at a bar, like I hate going up to guys. That's just like not me like ever. Uh And like being in New York, like everyone's just like super annoying sometimes. So what is your advice for that? Like, how can I overcome it? Um, well, I think that despite what everyone else in studio thinks, I'm incredibly shy as well. And I don't really like approaching people. Do you, do you? have guys approaching you at the bars or how do you normally meet people i mean yeah but i just like i'm like so i don't know i just like don't like meeting people that way sometimes i just like to meet people like in smaller groups just like organically well, so, like whenever i go out it's just like annoying what part of new york you know? um well i go out in new york city but i live in hoboken okay gotcha um yeah i mean i think that if you <laughs> It's hard to be the shy person, especially when you go out with a group of friends, because it seems like you're always the one that's kind of not meeting people or you're meeting the wrong people because the ones that come up to you typically aren't the the biggest catches in the world. You know, like I would say like 5% of guys are willing to exactly. approach a girl. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. What What do you got? I got Tanya. You love her. I want to get seems... to Tanya. Okay, I just okay. want to say my guy. Because Tanya's going to have some good advice for what to say to a guy in a bar. And I love that. I don't love you being in bars meeting guys. I don't think it's great. I don't think it's ideal. I don't love it either. I yeah. hate it. <laughs> and so and so, I don't think you should force yourself. I don't think so. I, I had that when I first moved to Los Angeles. And I was kind of single because my girlfriend was back in Wisconsin. And so I, we were in this weird nebulous okay. area. And so I'd go out to bars with these guys because... I felt obligated to like, well, I'm single and I'm 26 and this is what you do. And I was miserable every minute I was there. And I was way too shy to approach any girls because this Hollywood. I mean, forget it. I just got here. So I couldn't do it. So I stopped. And that actually worked much better because you're going to get to know people more at work, at school, just personally. And the more they know you as a person, the more they're going to like you. And then something blossoms from there. All right. Now I'll turn it over to Tanya and see what she has for you. (laughs) Okay, so I like to call this dropping the handkerchief. So okay. I I don't think you necessarily have to go up to a guy at a bar and like lay a one-liner on him or be, you know, because I think, you know, there is something nice about being shy, but there's also something about dropping the handkerchief so that the guy knows that you're interested and then he can pursue mm-hmm. you. So if there's a guy standing next to the bar, you can walk up to him and maybe uh, order yourself a drink and you can like look at his drink and say, oh, oh, what is that? You know, oh, I want to try something new tonight. I'll have what he's having. And then you open up the conversation to, like, start talking to him. And if he doesn't engage with you, then fine, bye, who cares, cut your losses. But it's like there's certain ways to engage in conversation without necessarily dropping a one-liner and having to be flirty. Just having a conversation with a normal person that you meet out. So I like to call it dropping the handkerchief, whether it's making eye contact and smiling, (laughs) like letting them know that it's okay to approach you because I think it's also – really intimidating for a guy to look at a group of girls and say, Mm -hmm. oh, I like her. But if you look over and smile at him and he sees that, then he's more likely to come and talk to you. And there definitely has to be a level of approachability because if you're with a group of girls, again, like that guy that comes up to you nine times out of ten is going to be the guy that you don't want to be dating. But if you're if you make yourself more approachable, whether it's, I don't know, being in a small group, not going out with like a guy friend because no guy really feels comfortable going up to a guy that has a guy friend, whether it's, you know, platonic, whatever it is. So. I think there's a level of approachability that um, maybe will attract the more desirable guys that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Or you can do what my roommate does and has one of her girlfriends 
give the guy her number on a napkin. Ooh, there it is. Ooh. So there's lots of different ways yeah. you can do this. Every time yeah. I approached a girl out in public, it was always at a place that where we were guaranteed to have a shared interest, like at a record store or something. Mm. I'd be like, oh, you're looking for the Shrek soundtrack too. And like, you know, things like that. Or like, <laughs> I feel like that's an exact conversation you had once at a record store. <laughs> uh, yes, it is. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't drink, so I've never, I don't hang out at bars. Um, but I would talk to, you know, I asked a lot of girls out in my time back, back in my day. <laughs> Uh, I was quite the quite the hound dog out on the scene, um, but it was always like a, a coffee shop or a, or a record store or like the gym or something like that. Right. Something where you're gonna have something to talk about. You don't have just have to go up and be, you know have a cold one liner. Although a girl with a cold yeah. li- a one liner going up to a guy is kind of hilarious. Oh, like yeah. if you walked up to a guy and said, "Hey," I feel hey. like I'm so awkward and I get like so like much more like weird if I try to flirt. But that's endearing. Yeah. All right, Melissa. Here's a, here's a foolproof plan to find your soulmate. So what you should do is wear, at all times, wear a very bright red shirt. And then at the end of the day, you just go okay. about your day as you normally would. And at the end of the day, uh, maybe every day, you get home and you check missed connections on Craigslist. And then you just type in the keywords <laughs> red shirt. And this way, the person <laughs> that sees the missed connections, you'll just be living your life as you normally would. And they'll find that attractive, which means that they're just genuinely interested in you. That's hilarious. Wow. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm going to get killed that way. Well, that's possible. Uh, well. <laughs> It's kind of a Hail Mary, but it's <laughs> worth a shot. Um, all right, well, Melissa, we hope that helps. Thank you for calling in. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Have a good day. All right, you too. Bye. Time to turn this around on you, Dean. Okay. Julia emailed us, and she has some thoughts on your dating issues. All she right. thinks she can help you, and then we have an advice call for you. Great. Julia says, I think I can sum up Dean's dating issues with two of his own statements. Oh, yeah. Using your own words against you here. Number one. I refuse to use soap, but I will not date someone who doesn't use soap. I said that once, yes. This is like me saying I hate going to the gym, but I will not date a guy who does not go to the gym. Uh, That's a little bit different, but okay. Okay. (laughs) And number two, I like to keep relationships with ex-girlfriends, but would be bothered by a girl who is still talking to ex-boyfriends. Yep, said that too. Double standards will not get Dean far in relationships. Relationships are about compromise and the realization that neither person is perfect. That is Julia. Okay, Julia, to your point, I think that both of those statements that I made are a bit inherently hypocritical. Can't argue with you there. I think that in de- in defense of those statements, the soap thing, it's it's not for lack. I'm still clean, I think, with the soap. I don't smell bad. I still smell good. I still feel clean. I still am clean. And I think that it kind of was maybe perceived wrong when I said it, but I can understand where you're coming from. To the other, what was the other one? I can't, I don't want my ex... I don't want the girl I'm seeing to talk to her exes, but I'll talk to my exes. Right. I think that maybe just stems from the trust issues that I have is because I trust myself in that situation, but it's harder for me to trust someone that has had that romantic past with their ex, whatever it is. Um, And I guess it it varies too. Like if I'm dating someone who has a a history of having like bad exes or like someone that like mistreats them or manipulates them, something like that, then I feel much more comfortable by saying, I don't think it's necessary or I don't think it's appropriate for you to be hanging out with them just because of what he's done to you in the past. Versus me, I do have uh, a couple, you know, ex-girlfriends that I don't, I have no interest in pursuing a friendship with, but a lot of the girls that I've dated, I've dated them because they are very genuinely good people, and I, I see the utility in, in maintaining a friendship with them because they, they just kind of like lose positivity, and I appreciate that. Um, so that's kind of where that those two statements came so from. So if she had an ex sense. who oozed positivity and was a great guy, maybe you'd be a little bit more open to that? Maybe you'd be a little bit more open to that? I mean, yeah, absolutely. I think that maybe, and again, I'm kind of just drawing from recent experience. Um, this girl who I dated recently has uh, an ex who has a track record of being an incredibly horrible person. Mm. And I, I think we were talking about it once. Um, I got lunch with my ex-girlfriend and... Um, I told her about that and she brought it up and it's just, it was a completely different situation because um, this guy obviously was not good to her. He didn't treat her well. He was incredibly manipulative, all that kind of stuff. And so it's harder for me to get behind a friendship like that when I know that he probably has ulterior motives to, to kind of going out to lunch and trying to like m- mend a friendship. Yeah. It's hard to trust that. It's hard to trust their mo- why they want to hang out with your girlfriend. Right. Yeah. I get that. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So if that makes sense, I guess maybe I guess it stems from trust issues that I have. Um, Probably. And it's tough because you can't put yourself in their shoes. You don't know these guys. They're just guys who may have ulterior motives. You know your exes. Right. And you know if they're safe or not. Right. All right. Shall we go back to the phones? I have good news for you. 
the woman who called with a dating advice for you dropped off. So, oh, no. so congratulations hopefully, on that. Hopefully it wasn't very good. Let's see what Alex in Colorado has to say. Hey, Alex, thank you for calling in. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Um, and apologies for my voice. I'm kind of sick right now. Oh, it's so. okay. What's your question? Yeah. Or what's your, what's your, what are you looking for? Some advice? Okay. Um, so I needed like advice, I guess. Um, so I was talking to this guy for probably like three weeks and, you know, like we had chemistry. It was pretty good. I feel like every, you know, all the right things that he could have said, he was saying. And then, you know, we met up once, um, hung out and stuff. And that was probably like a couple of weeks ago. And now it's just like silence. <laughs> like there's nothing. And then I texted on Saturday. I'm like, hey, you know, are you doing okay? And I still haven't gotten, you know, a response yet. So I don't know what to do. I think you should just forget about him and move on. I think you have to. Um, this is Mark yeah. and Easton in studio, by the way. So I think that if, if I were to put myself in that situation, I think that he either is dating someone else, has a relationship with someone else, is uninterested. And I just don't think it's necessarily worth you wasting your time or, you, you know, even just thinking about it. So I think you should just kind of move on to the next guy. That's my advice. I think right. you know in your heart that this was not the guy for you. And that's okay. There's going to be a lot of those guys. And you, and it's good that you know sooner than later. I agree. Yeah. So at this point, mm-hmm. I think you've only invested a few weeks. So you're kind of getting out ahead still. That's just my, that's, that's what yeah. I think. Yeah, for sure. Thanks. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing too. So we'll stay warm out in Colorado. Okay. Thank you for calling in. Yes, I will. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Have a great day. All right, bye. Hey, Abby, thank you for calling in. This is Dean. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you for um, for holding for so long. What uh, what question do you have? Okay, so I went on a date with a guy, and then everything went really well, and he even said it went well. And then a few days later, he um, basically said that he was still hung up on his ex and that he just wanted to be friends. And I was cool with that. And then about two weeks later, I saw that he had a girlfriend. And so I was just wondering why instead of saying he just wasn't interested, um, that he said he wasn't ready for a girlfriend. And then he got a girlfriend two weeks later. And this girl that is his his girlfriend now is different than his ex-girlfriend? Yeah. Oh, I just think he lied to you. Yeah. (laughs) I think think he lied to you to spare having to say that he was either uninterested or found someone else that he wanted to date. Um, I mean, it's, it's, kind of the classic move you know you say you can't really argue with someone for having feelings for their ex so it kind of like ends the ends the conversation without sake of argument the classic it's not you it's me right yeah i just don't understand like why he would just straight up tell me he's not interested well it's because him like so many of us is he's just a wuss he's he's scared to to say what really is the case because he doesn't want to make you feel bad he doesn't want to make himself feel bad for making you feel bad um, we talked about ghosting uh-huh. last week. Why yeah. do people ghost? Yeah. This is kind of in the uh-huh. same family. Yeah. You ghost because you're too much of a wuss to say, I'm not interested in you. Yeah. Because th- that's, a, that's a rough thing to say. And believe me, I've been on the other side of it. I wish so much that all three women that ghosted me would have just said, look, I'm not interested. Because then I could just cut the cord and move on quickly rather than, oh, maybe someday. Who knows what might happen in the future? No, they're not interested. I can move on. It's the same thing. To say, I'm not interested in you is kind of insulting. And so for him to say, I'm really hung up on my ex, true or not, that probably wasn't the reason. Yeah. Like, even he told me, he was like, well, we, I never know what will be down the road. So it kept me like... So he's trying, to keep, oh, he's trying well, to keep his options open. Yeah. He's trying to kind of keep you on yeah. a tether. To, uh, if, I think we talked about this last week or maybe the week before that a little bit by by saying something like that instead of saying I'm not interested in you by saying what he said or ghosting someone it kind of leaves the avenue open for later on you know if if maybe him and this new girlfriend break up and you're still single then he can reach back out but if he says he's not interested then it kind of closes the door a little bit more fully than uh, than otherwise if that makes sense so I would say personally be <laughs> don't entertain the idea of getting back together with him if he breaks up with his girlfriend that's my suggestion uh-huh. and obviously just just move on and maybe put it behind you because again i think guys have this way of thinking they're doing the right thing and and being mature about it i'm guilty of this as well but in reality it just is a little bit more confusing and a little bit more hurtful uh from the woman's perspective i agree yeah. and this may become a kind of a theme of this show this is not the guy for you right and it's great that you know that now rather than down the line and you can move on yeah. But good luck. I'm sure I hope the next guy that comes along 
um, is your guy. I think that it's just it's a matter of time, right? Someday when you're married mm-hmm. and have kids, you're going to be laughing about that you were ever interested in this guy. <laughs> but, Thank you, guys. Yeah, of course. Good luck, Abby. Thank you. Bye. Should we take a call from a guy? Yeah. <laughs> Brian in San Jose. Brian, how's it going? Thank you for calling in. I'm good. How's it going, Dean? Hey, Brian, you are the very first male caller we've ever had on the show, so thank you so much. Oh, really? Oh, that's sick. Wow. <laughs> How are you? What, what so, question do you have? So uh, I'll, I'll give you a little background about me. Um, I'm like early 20s. I just moved out to San Jose, California, a college graduate, working full-time now. And I'm in a new kind of a new area, and I don't really know too many people. So in the past, I've been using... Uh, dating apps like Tinder, Bumble, Coffee Meets Bagel, but I seem to be going in circles in terms of like my dating life. And I just wanted to know what are some uh, suggestions you have for how I can put myself out there more beyond just like my phone. So you just moved to San Jose, and you, have you? Do you have like any friends out there, or you just kind of moved out there all by yourself? Uh, I have a couple of friends. Like I have a roommate that I've known for a while. Um, aside from that, maybe like all of my friends live in San Francisco, but. Uh, I mean, I'm an hour away in San Jose, so right. yeah, kind of on my own, kind of not. Yeah, I think I think it's definitely a tough situation to be in when you move somewhere new. Um, I moved to Los Angeles about two and a half years ago with one of my great friends, and then we I, I had a couple other friends out here, fortunately, that I was able to kind of like lean on and hang out with to meet new people. I think I think honestly, the best thing that you can do is just like as often as they're going out or as often as you feel comfortable going out, do that to to meet new people, right? I, I mean, obviously, it's kind of like the cliche, but. Um, I think that as difficult as they can be, when I first moved here, um, I was using Bumble and I met, you know, a couple of friends that I still have now through the app. Um, so it's really just a matter of, I don't know, being able to, or, uh, what I did too actually was I said yes to a lot of things too. I, I would never really say no to, to meeting someone or a new opportunity because that's opened up a lot more avenues for me, um, in terms of friendships, relationships, all that kind of stuff. And again, I know it's all very, um, kind of what you expect to hear but if you're early 20s you just move somewhere new the best thing that you can do is kind of open yourself up to as many opportunities as possible what do you okay, do? i like that thing. what do you do brian uh, i work at uh linkedin as a oh, data wow. analyst. shout what? out to my team I, i'm pretty sure they're gonna listen to this <laughs> <laughs> um nice well hey if they listen to it tell them to endorse me on linkedin it's been a while since i signed into mine but <laughs> That's a uh, great... I actually have one of my uh, one of the people on my team. They like your LinkedIn profile because <laughs> you have dogs on your uh, as your header. Oh yeah, so well, I well so, that was pretty cool too. Well, I'm definitely obsessed with dogs, and as a recruiter, I tried to I tried to convey some of my love for them over my LinkedIn profile. It's funny that uh, I guess I haven't looked at it in a while, but aren't there a lot of super smart tech girls working at LinkedIn? Yes. Or do you not want to date in the office? Uh, I mean, I'm not really into like, you know, inner office dating. I like a firm believer of don't, I don't, I don't know how the nicest way to say it. Don't <laughs> say shit it. where you eat. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. It can get so, awkward like, for um, sure. Yeah. And I mean, me personally, I know if that were to ever happen, I just, no, actually, I don't even want, I don't even want to think about that. Just no, that's flat out no for me. How long have you lived in San Jose for? Uh, less than a year. Less than a year. Oh. On one year in March. Oh, gotcha. So you moved out there right after you graduated, pretty much. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think th- the first year is always the hardest because you're still like getting used to the new space, you know, the new uh, city, all that kind of stuff. But um, honestly, I think you kind of got to keep doing what you're doing and keep talking to people, keep, keep meeting networking, people, networking, meeting professional people. Maybe they don't work in the office, but I, I do like a Sharks game as a first date. If I could just throw that in there. Sharks. All right, I'll keep that in mind. I'm not much of a hockey fan, but I'll definitely. Here's my case, and some people disagree. I know Tanya disagrees with me on this, but here's my case for sporting events as first dates. At dinner, you're forced to talk to each other. The conversation has to keep going, and if it lulls for a few minutes, it gets uncomfortable. Oh gosh, we're not clicking, we're not talking. What are we going to say? If you go to a movie or a show, you don't talk at all to each other. You barely get to know each other. But at a baseball game, a hockey game, a basketball game, you can talk, you can watch the game, you can go back and forth. It doesn't matter. What do you want to eat? Let me go get it for you. There's just, it's just open. It's just free. You can do whatever you want. And I think it's a great way to get to know somebody. That same thing for miniature golf. I, I'm a <laughs> I big fan of miniature golf, golf as, as a first date. Where's first time? date. Because you, you get the blood flow and you're walking around. And if you don't have anything to talk about, you can just start whacking balls into like fake um, windmills and stuff. In fact, <laughs> if you go over the hill to my hometown of Santa Cruz, California, there's a beautiful miniature golf course right there on the boardwalk. Tanya Perfect. is back now. How do you feel about 
Sporting events or miniature golf on a first date? A woman's the, perspective. The worst. Oh. <laughs> I would rather. I would. Ra- I would rather do a million other things than go mini golfing or go to a sporting event on a first date. So I guess you have to know your audience. But I'm saying it's it's great for conversation, but conversation isn't forced. Yeah, but on a first date, if you're stuck with a guy and you have to sit through an entire game with him, oh, I couldn't think of anything worse. That's hours of your life that you'll never get back. I, I highly recommend on a first date anything that you can have an exit strategy for. Hmm. So, Drinks. But, but, but you're going in with a negative attitude. Yeah, I yeah, agree. You clearly didn't date that much because you need to go in with that attitude. <laughs> but you I think, need an exit strategy. I think Brian is a catch, though. He's a college graduate, just moved, works for LinkedIn, lives in San Jose. So no one's going to need an exit strategy to get rid of Brian. That's what you think. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't insult our I friend mean, Brian. Like, on the flip side, Brian, nothing on against the flip you. Side, yeah. On the flip side, I mean, I do agree with that because I always think, okay, how can I get out of this too, like in case it goes south? Exactly. Because look, if you get drinks and it's going really great, you can say, hey, do you have plans for dinner? I'd love to take you to dinner. But if it's going terrible, you can say, oh, I actually made plans for my for dinner with my friends. It was so lovely meeting you. Have a nice night. Hmm. Bye. I mean, that's pretty good, but. Guys. Okay. Trust me. I'm All like, right. I don't know, Brian. I still say stick with the uh, stick with the sports. Keep it light. Oh. Tell you, never been turned okay, down so for intergolf. Just saying. Okay, so coming from the girl's perspective, what's a good ideal first date then? Yeah. Oh, do you drink? Uh, yes, occasionally. So yeah, I'm open for drinks. I've in the past I've done coffee. Um, big on coffee. So but, uh, I don't love coffee. Coffee's fine, but I would suggest drinks because it's early enough in the day. If it goes bad, you have an exit. If it's going great, you can extend it. I mean, I I met a guy for a first date for drinks and we had so much fun. We went and had dinner after and then we went to a different place to have dessert. Okay. So if it's going well, you can feel the vibe and you can extend it. But I always think having something short and simple and don't get too crazy on a first date. All right. I, I think Brian and Tanya are clicking here personally. <laughs> yeah, Brian, me your number. I'm team Branya right now. <laughs> um, all right, Brian. Well, hey, we hope that helps. Uh, thank you for being the first male caller on the podcast. We do really appreciate it. Um, yeah. B- best of luck, buddy, though. We'll we'll circle back around and see how everything else is going with, in San Jose with you. All right, cool. Yeah, thank you. I'll probably call in another time. All right, take care. All right, bye. bye. All right, Dean, I have good news. The woman who had advice for you? Call back. She's back. It's Courtney in Chattanooga, Tennessee. (laughs) Hey, Courtney from Chattanooga. How are you? Good. Hey, Dean. How are you? So your phone dropped, huh? No. Okay. I do not know what happened. (laughs) Okay. Well, what's the advice? I'm ready for it. Okay. So my advice would be for you to just really work on your communication skills. What's wrong with my communication skills? Okay, so I feel like I know the whole reason to go on Bachelor is to, like, date around and date other people. But I just feel like if you found someone so great, like, you hit it off with someone, like, really great, like, why would you jeopardize that to go on another date with someone else? When you, Do you get, understand what I'm saying? Like, and I feel like if that's what you wanted to do the entire time, then maybe you should have said that, like, on day one. Like, if we hit it off, I'm also going to go on dates with other women. Okay, so what I what I did wrong was I didn't communicate clearly enough what my intentions were. Correct. Okay. I mean, I can't say that you're wrong. I I I I think the the challenging thing that I had with that whole ordeal was in the moment I thought I was being very clear and honest about everything, but then watching mm-hmm. it watching it back, I can see how and why you might think that I wasn't communicating as clearly as I should have been. Um Yeah. So yeah, but I, mean, I just feel like in relationships, communication is everything. Like if you do not communicate like well, like you, the relationship's not gonna. I feel like it's not gonna progress or go anywhere. Like you need to be on the same page and you need to communicate about like everything to make sure the other party understands and is okay with the intentions and agrees. And so I just think communication is everything. I just think in that situation too, there was a lot going on that I didn't fully understand. So I was trying to, I was a very confused young little sapling and I didn't really know what I was getting myself into, what I was doing. Uh, again, these are not excuses. Right. These are not excuses by any means. It's just, I, I wasn't, I wasn't sure what I wanted. So it's hard to communicate something of uncertainty like that, you know? Um, right. And there was a lot of like outward pressure on, on a lot of the things that I, 
I don't know. It's just a very, it was a very unique situation. I thought that by being open and honest about everything, because I did have strong feelings for both. And I thought if I told them that, that it would be okay. Obviously not so much the case. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I am definitely working on the communication side of things. I think that even just in the past two months, um, three months, however long it's been, I, I don't, I do think that I have improved uh, dramatically with communication. I still think that I have, well, a very, I have a very, very long way to go by all means. Um, yeah. But what else is that? Is that the main advice point? The the uh, communication? Yeah, and like I need you and Christina to work it out somehow. Oh, you need us to? <laughs> yes, like I just feel like, and it's another thing. I feel like you date like for purpose. Like you know, everyone, if you want to get married, you date for purpose. So if you hit it off, like you feel like this can really go somewhere. Then I feel like you shouldn't want to jeopardize that by like going out or dating another woman. Like if you hit it off with someone. You should date for a purpose. So you're saying at this point, how old are you, uh, Courtney? 26. So we're both, we're the same age. You think that we're getting to the point in life where we should be getting dating with a purpose, where we should only date people that we see a future slash wedding slash marriage with? Yes. Yeah, so I'm married. We just celebrated our one year anniversary. Ooh, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, get, yeah, because I just feel like if marriage is what you want, then why waste your time like just playing games and leading people on? No, I understand that. I'm not saying that's I'm not saying that's what you're doing, but I'm saying like in general, you know, like if that's what you want, then don't screw it up by messing around or not dating with the purpose. How long were you dating your now husband for? Three years before you guys got engaged, married. Yep. Yep. Okay, see, that's a long time. I think that I, I mean, I definitely want to get married, right? I just don't know yeah. when I'll be ready for it. And I'm not going to, I'm not trying to force anything. So I'm trying to, right, right. I'm trying to, to act as, as genuinely as I would without trying to force something like, without trying to have the, the preconceived notion of I'm going to get married at like 28 or something like that. Right. And so, um, right. I don't know. I, how old were you when you knew that you were going to marry him? Probably like about a year, year and a half after we were dating. Is his communication better than mine? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, he comes from like a very religious like background, so like he was like taught when he was raised to like court women, you know, like to date them with a purpose, and like he showed that with his actions. So I see that. I knew. That makes sense, and I I don't appreciate the yeah. snicker by the way, but that's okay. <laughs> 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 um, I think that there is definitely something to be said about. Uh, that upbringing and how it kind of influences people nowadays. I think that people are kind of getting away from that whole courtship thing. Um, mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know what the, the root cause of it is, but definitely see less and less of it, especially among people our age. I'm sure you have friends. I think a lot of it has to do with um, geography, like Chattanooga is a smaller town. So I think that, you know, people are a little yeah. bit more prone to, to being in relationships and, and kind of yearning for that versus um, places like yeah, Los Angeles like or bigger like cities. Yeah, Chattanooga is like a very like family oriented small town. I feel like. Yeah. Um, all right, Courtney. Well, yeah. thank you for the advice. I'll definitely work out my communication. Alrighty. <laughs> and I'll let you know about the whole Christina situation too. Yeah, please. I'm like dying to see a new <laughs> picture of you two together. Uh, we'll see about that one. All right, Courtney. We'll have a great day. Okay. <laughs> all right. Bye. All right. Bye. I think there is something to be said about geography. So even so, I grew up in a small town in Colorado. Mm -hmm. um, my high school graduated with like 90 kids. Wow. And I think that there were several people that I went to the same high school of that were maybe a couple of years younger than me that I didn't know. Um, granted, I know everyone in my graduating class because it was so small. But a lot of my friends, even from that area, and a lot of the people that have reached out to me post-show have said, I think that growing up in the Valley has kind of made relationships much more difficult for us for one reason or another. I don't know why. I think that in such a small town, everyone's kind of really all about each other's business and they kind of know every facet and everything that's going on at every given time. Um, I don't know how that could be constructive or de destructive, but even like you look at like towns in the like South or you know, Southeast corridor of the United States, I think a lot of those small town areas, like they kind of are brought up thinking, uh, being instilled with like a relationship ideas, like marriage, young age, all that kind of stuff. I don't know if it's if it's caused from religion, whatever it is, but I feel like there's like a mindset that they have. Are you saying you di you didn't like everyone knowing your business because it was such a small town? Did that bother you? I'm not saying I didn't like it or dislike it. Of course, it's kind of a bummer when, you know, 
everyone knows everything that you do every single weekend. There's definitely there's there's positives and negative negatives to it. But I'm just saying I think that geography has a lot to do with the the dating habits of our generation. It's just interesting that you chose to go on a reality show <laughs> if you didn't necessarily love everyone knowing your business. You know what I'm saying? I I think as a a, a teenager that's growing up and learning out of a lot about himself, it's hard to have a lot of your things be so widely known, you know, because it's just awkward and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. A lot of like, like sex and, and making out and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. But as I've obviously gotten older, I've become a little bit more comfortable with it, um, i.e. going on, on a national television show. <laughs> but I, I just think that there's definitely something to be said, like people in Los Angeles um, have a different dating habit or different dating history than people from, um, I don't know, Chattanooga, Tennessee, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know, that's just a thought that I had. All right, well, thank you for tuning in to episode eight of Help I Suck at Dating. This was a fun one. We just got to talk to a lot of people calling in. We obviously had Easton and Mark chime in quite a bit. They're always just great to have on. Um, I'm sure a lot of you have a lot of thoughts to share after this episode. If you want to share them, you can email them to isuckatdating at iheartmedia.com. Again, that's isuckatdating at iheartmedia.com. Feel free to shoot some emails over. We'll do our best to get to them. Um, honestly, that's, that's one of the best parts because they're, you know, real life stories and, and I don't think I can provide much help, but I can at least provide a perspective that maybe will shed light on certain things. Obviously Mark and Easton are a little bit more well-versed with the whole relationships, but again, that's, I suck at dating at iheartmedia.com. You can always tweet at me, um, send me a DM on Instagram, whatever it is, but thank you for tuning in. To help, I suck at dating. I'm Dean Unglert, and maybe next week I'll suck a little bit less. Follow Help, I Suck at Dating with Dean Unglert on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. 